When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, rock star. Matt Terrio here from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate using more of their mind than their money, using creative real estate investing strategies with an emphasis on retiring early. Let's escape that daily grind and all retire early. At least create the option to, the opportunity to to do so. And if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. Make yourself at home. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back and thank you for sharing this, continuing to share it with your friends and family. I just would not be here if it weren't for you doing that. So you're the absolute best for doing that. So thank you so, so much. I'm eternally grateful. So in today's show, I'm going to share with you how the right property manager made my passive income much more passive and how you can do the same. And today's sponsor of the show is REI Blackbook. It's everything you need to run your real estate investing business. And if you want to embrace the multi-offer approach, the very approach that helped me build my entire portfolio, about 92.5% of it, and you want to watch your closing rate increase by as much as 287%, get 14 days of free access to REI Blackbook. Their automated follow-up machine will be absolutely free for you. Plus, right now, their brand new multi-offer generator, the one I just mentioned, that tool is available to you as free as well at epicblackbook.com and start closing more creative deals. Get all of this for free, only available at epicblackbook.com. All right, so when it comes to receiving passive income from your real estate investments, the property you buy or the market that you invest in, those aren't the most critical of details. But finding a good property manager is absolutely critical. So today, let's go over what a good property manager does, how to find a good one, and how to keep them on their toes and make sure that they're caring for your investment. And I'm also going to let you in on a dirty little secret about property managers that is rarely shared. And if you don't know, uh, that could be a problem. It could blow the whole thing up. So I'll let you in on that. Alrighty. So as you know, if this is your first time here, maybe you don't know, but if you've been with me for a while, you know that I begin each and every show with, this is where we show people how to invest in real estate so they can escape the daily grind and retire early, right? And uh, that early retirement will come about from the commonly misunderstood passive income. That's how it happens. You get your passive income, your monthly passive income to exceed your monthly expenses, and you are free. You might not be rich, 
I wasn't for sure when I, when I first made that happen, but, uh, I was free and it was nice. I almost think sometimes it's a better feeling than actually being rich. So if you've ever dreamed of passive income profits from your real estate, you're going to want to know that it's virtually impossible to happen without good property management. So much so from this point forward, you're gonna want to conduct as much due diligence on your property manager as you do the properties themselves. That's how important it is. And contrary to popular belief, and you'll hear this frequently to people that, uh, just commoners, we'll call them, (laughs) bless their hearts. They'll say real estate is risky, but no, real estate is safe, is really safe. Perhaps it's the safest investment with the highest returns that there are available for the average person. It's the people involved that can really make real estate risky. And this is especially true for real estate investors that own multiple properties and want to get income from those properties. And if it could be even more so if they own multiple properties in multiple markets like we do. You know, it's for investors that uh, invest in markets other than where they live. Property management is crucial. So if you get property management wrong, I mean, you could really just kind of be nickel and dime to financial death with uh, maintenance costs, repairs, and tenant turnover, and uh, resulting in your property being more of a liability than an asset, than an investment, can be a really pain, a big pain in the neck be a big source of stress, cause you to lose sleep. It could go really bad if your property management is wrong. But if you get it right, your rental income will flow consistently. It'll truly be passive. And an early retirement, that won't be a pipe dream, but rather a real probability. Now these days, it's not uncommon for investors to look to other real estate markets, passive income, considering where they live might not present the greatest rental opportunities. And so long distance investing has become very popular because of this. And uh, as you know, Mercedes is here each and every week. She's taking a little bit of a break, but uh, she'll be back very, very soon. And uh, you can always talk to her because that's what she does. That's what she does for busy professionals and people that just don't know how or just too busy to do all that heavy lifting or they just don't want to do all that heavy lifting. And that's totally understandable as well. And if you'd like more information on that, you can download a free investor packet at cashflowsavvy.com. All right, but here's the deal. A bad property manager can make the best of rental markets a terrible experience for investors. However, a good property manager can turn middle-of-the-road markets into fantastically performing passive income investments for their owners. So the property is important. Yes, the market is important. I'm not saying it's not. But without good property management, you're really rolling the dice. And your early retirement, it shouldn't be a gamble like that, right? It should be a little bit more of a for sure thing. So here, you you, you see, you turn your property investment into more of a passive income sure thing when you hire a property manager that removes these following types of tasks from your plate. First and foremost, they've got to find the most qualified tenants for your properties. It's just not going to work without that. Second, they've got to collect the rent and collect the rent on time from these qualified tenants. And third, They've got to maintain detailed rent rolls, detailed records. And these rent rolls, you might have heard of this before, might not understand totally what it is or how important it is, but this is just, it's an accounting statement that shows the rental income from a property. And these are really important. 
they're more important than most people realize because while some people view a rental as a just simple, boring accounting document, it's the information from the rent roll that is used in key rental property financial performance formulas, you know, such as calculating your net operating income or your internal rate of return or, you know, figuring out what your gross rent multiplier or your cap rate is. Because if you ever sell your property to another investor, this is an essential document to validate your property's value, to validate your property's performance. I mean, the rent roll can make or break a sale. Or what I consider even worse, it could make or break a refinance. So you're gonna want to make sure your property manager is on top of all of that and also on top of the security deposits, the utility payments, repairs and maintenance. And you're gonna want to, uh, you're gonna want them to make routine inspections at least once a year preferably two, but at least once. And just all of these things, these are all just expected, right? They're proper and reasonable expectations of a property manager. But you don't always get them, right? The, the, and the, the reason that they might not perform and the property manager might not do this is because their business model could be in conflict with yours, meaning your interests might not be aligned. And this is the dirty little secret about the business of property management that I mentioned. And it's a little counterintuitive when you first discover this, but it's really just economics. You just have two sides of the coin here. So some property managers, they get most of their profits in performing repairs and tenant turnover. That's how they make their money. While others might make less money, but they prefer the low maintenance and the low work and the low effort from the tenants that, and they want their tenants to stay the long term. It's less work for them. So it's not uncommon for your goals to conflict with your property, your property manager. So, I mean, their goal should be to keep your tenant in place as turnover will kill your cash flow, but performing repairs, whether they're necessary or otherwise or not, and, and tenant turnover, those can be real profit centers for them. So what that really means is the worse your property performs, the worse the experience is for you with this type of property manager, the more money they make. So how do you avoid this type of relationship? How do you find a good property manager where yours and their interests are aligned? Well, I'm going to tell you how I did it. Tell you how Mercedes and I did it. And then I'll tell you how, if we were to do it all over again, how we'd probably do it differently or how we are doing it differently. Um, we're doing that now. But um, if we were to start all over, I wish we would have started this way from the beginning. So I found all of my really good property managers. Mercedes and I found all of the really good ones that we have because we have probably six or seven and six, seven different markets. And that's why we're in those markets, not because the markets are great. The markets are good. There might be better markets on paper but it doesn't make a difference unless you've got really good property management there. And we've been to a lot of markets and we've left markets because we just couldn't find one. I mean, I think in Cleveland, we went through every single property manager in the city. And uh, I've got a friend, uh, I don't know if you guys know, Sensei Gilliland. And uh, so he does properties over there in Cleveland and he says he's having a blast and everybody's happy. And so, well, God bless him. I wish I knew who he was working with back then. But anyway, we left Cleveland. And so, like I'll never say never, we could go back. But um, so I found, we found all of our good property managers by working with a lot of bad ones first. And that's why our turnkey service at Cashflow Savvy, it works so well. But it wasn't always like that. You see, there were definitely some growing pains in the beginning, some significant ones, and they were expensive. They were really expensive. And you don't want to take that route, I promise you. 
So you don't want to go through and, and work with the bad ones to find the good ones, although that could still be your experience. Um, and I'll explain in a sec. Because if I were to do it all over again, I'd begin by asking for referrals from fellow investors. I'd go to the real estate investor meetings. I'd go to the real estate investing groups like on, that you can find on meetup.com. And I'd just start asking around. I'd ask around, look for landlords. I'd find them, then I'd look for the ones and, and talk to them that uh, had rental properties and that, that were happy with their property management. That's where I'd start. And I have since done that. And that's what we do now when we need a new manager. We always start by seeking out a referral. But it's not a foolproof system. No. It is better, however, than combing through the yellow pages or Google like we used to do it. Um, but it's not a foolproof system when you get a referral. There are some other steps to follow and some specific questions to ask when interviewing a property manager. And I'm going to share all of those with you in just a second. But what I've found to be really effective in finding and maintaining good property managers are these two things here. One, start small. And if you only have one property, then, then, then you're going to start small, right? You have no choice. But I mean, start small by giving them just one property. So if you have multiple properties and you feel like switching, you find a new one that gives you a little better feeling about everything, start small by giving them just one property and then micromanage them for a little while. Like, don't, don't be a pain in the butt. Don't be a pest. But you want to micromanage in a way just to let them know that you are watching, that you are paying attention. And then when you receive your monthly payment and when you receive your statement, call them up and ask some questions about the statements. Even if you already know the answers to the questions you're asking, you just want to let them know you're watching. Okay? So that's the first thing. Start small. Two, you want to diversify your property management relationships. And... You know what, this might sound a little bit extreme and I might even um, contradict myself and my actions and what I'm saying right now, but I'd do this as soon as you had two or more properties. As soon as, like once you're in a place and you've got a good relationship with the one property manager and if you're gonna get a second property, um, start looking for another property management relationship. You wanna diversify that if you can. Right? There might be only one that you're really happy with in your city, and if that's the case, then that's the case. I'm not saying diversify for the sake of diversification. I want you to diversify into two good property management relationships. And let your property managers know that you are indeed working with more than one. Now, you're not going to pit them against each other. Don't do that. And you're not going to hold business over their heads and make threats. You don't want to do that. I mean, you want a good working relationship with your property manager. But let it casually be known every once in a while that you do have other properties managed by other property managers in the area. And so since doing these two things in each of our markets, starting small and then diversifying our property management, we've clearly witnessed performance rise and expenses fall. And not just for our properties either. We've also witnessed how our clients, the cash flow savvy clients, benefit from our property management relationships and, and getting the best service for themselves too. You see, we're able to leverage this volume, this group, their strength in numbers. And that's worked out really well for our clients is, um, just being able to uh, piggyback off of what we do. Now, with that said, the initial interview is really important. So you do want to ask the right questions so that your property manager knows up front that you're not totally new to the game, even if you are, and that you won't be walked on, that you're not gonna stand for no BS. 
So when you're asking these questions, when interviewing a property manager, it's like any interview. Um, the interviewee is going to be on their very best behavior and they're gonna answer in a way that they think you want to hear. If they're not on their best behavior, there's a red flag right there, right? But most of the time, they're gonna uh, sit down, be professional, nice, courteous, and patient, and, and uh, like I said, be on their best behavior. So the questions that, that we ask, and you can, I'm gonna give you some questions to ask, but don't feel the need like these are super important. They're just kind of routine questions and that every property manager will typically have an answer that will satisfy you. And you could just go and to Google and type in questions to ask a property manager and you'll get all kinds of results. All right, like I said, the specific questions aren't what necessarily so, so important because there are countless questions that you could ask. And like I said, I'll give you some good ones in a second, but it's very common for a property manager's answer of one question to lead you to another question that you didn't even know you were going to ask. So just kind of go with the flow, right? Don't abandon all your own personal or personal communication skills, your social skills. You know, if something comes up with an answer, go deeper with that. Why is that? How is that? Tell me more about that, right? Follow up with those types of questions, get them talking. And while you're asking, it's really important to trust your little spidey sense when it comes to the property manager's attitude, their communication, their organization, the details, and their passion for their work, if they have any. Because sometimes it's not just the answer that matters, but how they answered it. So trust your gut, trust your instinct. If I look back and I would have trusted my instinct every time, I don't think I would have had a bad experience but I just got into situations where I needed somebody or I kind of liked them personally as I was hoping they would do a good job because I wanted to work with them and they were fun to go out and have a beer with. And, but, you know, just trust your gut when it comes. This is your asset, right? This is your property. You've spent a lot of money on this and, you know, you want it to perform. Otherwise, what good is it? Might as well just throw your money in the stock market and roll the dice like the rest of the world. All right, so here are, the, here are 15 of them. I guess, yeah, I'll go through all 15, why not? Of the best questions that we ask during a property manager's interview. And I won't do any real commentary in here. I'll just read you the questions. One, how long have you been in business? Two, how many properties do you have under management? Three, how do you screen tenants? Four, what's your vacancy rate? Five, who are the contacts for tenant placement, the contacts for accounting and repairs? Number six, how do you collect rents from the tenants? Seven, how do you pay your landlords? Is direct deposit available? And these two questions are kind of important these days as technology is, is um, becoming more and more sophisticated and easier to use and, and cheap as well. Is, you know, do they have to go knock on the door and ask for a check? Does the tenant have to mail it in? Does the check able to wire it? Excuse me, does the check, is the tenant able to wire it? Or does the, the tenant have to come to the office to deliver it? That happens a lot in the Midwest. We see on, on paydays <laughs> or on the first, you'll see a line out the door of the property manager's office because everyone's there to pay their rent. But there's, there's apps and software now that can make this really, really simple, both for collections and the payments to you. So ask how that's done. Then number eight, uh, how do you report to your landlords and what's the frequency of your reporting? Number nine, are maintenance and repairs handled in-house or by a third party? Uh, 10, is there any markup on maintenance and repairs? 11, what's your eviction process and expense? Let me back up to number 10. Is there any markup on maintenance and repairs? That's suggesting that I already know the game. I've been around. I know this is a potential profit center for property managers, right? And, not, and it's not a bad thing if there is a markup 
on that because everyone's got to make money and I don't really hate on anyone making their money, but just let them know, drop it in there and let them know that you're aware. Uh, what's your eviction process and the expense? Number 12, what are your management fees? Number 13, are there any miscellaneous fees I should know about? Number 14, what's your management cancellation policy? Because if it turns out to be a good, re- or excuse me, a bad relationship, you want to know what that looks like. Um, and then 15, are you an active real estate investor? So you kind of want to, we ask that question just because we want to know, do they know what it's like to be in our shoes, right? So that was, that's the question. And, and so I went through those and you can go back and re-record or re-listen and, and write those down if you want. Like I said, it's not, crucial that you ask every one of those questions or those specific questions. Uh, but uh, of this list of questions, what we'll typically do, and this is kind of like the real test of the whole thing, like we go through this whole charade and this conversation just to get to know this, the property manager and, and go through that whole process, but we'll always leave a question or two out of the live interview intentionally. And then we'll call back after hours, after we know that they've all gone home, then we'll just leave the question with their answering service uh, most of the time they have a live answering service. Maybe it's a machine. And then we'll just kind of time how long it takes to get a response. How long is it going to take for us to get an answer back to that question or two that we left after hours? And here's why, why we do this. You know, two of the ultimate qualities that you're going to want to look for in your property manager is if they're communicative and if they are accessible. Because these really are deal breakers for Mercedes and I if they aren't. Because... You don't want to worry about the proverbial clogged toilet in the middle of the night. Um, we've never had that phone call before, but everyone always seems to throw that out there. So that's why I called it the proverbial. <laughs> but we never had a clogged toilet in the middle of the night call. Um, or any other emergency type repairs that may come up because all kinds of stuff can come up. It's a house, right? Things happen. And so for that reason, you're also going to want to strongly prefer a property manager that is in a relatively close proximity to your rental properties because there are national management companies out there that will manage in in multiple markets and they don't even have a presence there. And maybe they have a good system for it. I don't know. I've never used one. But um, this type of stuff of having, being communicative, being accessible and, you know, being local, this type of stuff is really crucial to turning your rental income into more of passive income than not. Alrighty, so... I'll go ahead and and I'll uh, end with how I began. Real estate works. Real estate is safe. It's the people that are risky. So conduct as much due diligence on your people. And for this episode, that would be property managers. I could throw contractors into the mix as well. But conduct as much due diligence on your people as you do the properties and markets themselves. Alrighty, so now this week, I, as I am on vacation, I'm in a sprinter van, uh, making my way with my son, just he and I, through Utah, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, and so uh, no news this week. Alrighty, so we'll see you next week, and if you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a good chance that you do know someone else who would, and when their name comes to mind, please share with them, and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here, and I'm going to take great care of them, all right? So that's it for today. God loves you, and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terry. Yo. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>